Be like, click yeah. here to enter. Warning. Or like, cat lovers only, click right. here. But I'm not even worried about a skeleton. Like a I skeleton. think you should be worried about skeletons. But the virus could, in fact, help preserve them more, longer. No, that's that's impossible. When did you become a ninja where you can just climb anything? Maybe I would try to launch a couple chairs at the tiger. <laughs> Let's say that there's a lot. Look, I, I mean, look, I'm not going to say that I'm a great writer here, but look. You don't see me going up into the Himalayan mountains and trying to pretend I'm a yeti, man. That's just not going to happen. And that's probably a wrong fact, but I think that's true. So Twin Peaks. I've I've always kind of been like obsessed with Twin Peaks in a way, uh, in a sense that when it came out, it seemed like it was something that was right up my alley. Like you've got a detective, you've got weird stuff going on, you've got this weird... And I, for one, I've always been somebody who needs to know answers to stuff. Like, I'm somebody who, I, I, any magic trick, I'm collecting magic tricks, I'm, I'm watching magic tricks, I'll buy magic tricks. Not to actually perform them, because I don't actually like performing magic. I just want to know how it's done. Like, I right. want to have the knowledge of what that is. Like, I hate things that are mysteries to me, right? I want to find the answers. And so what was the biggest what was the biggest question mystery pop culture mystery question in the 90s? Who killed Laura Palmer? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And I never knew. Uh, right. I I just I, and it was something that I was like here's something I want to know the answer to. Like well, this I'll, is something I, that I mean, is curious to me. It was it was 19 what, 1990 when this came out when Twin Peaks first aired right I, I, I think so it was early early 90s so it was like right. 91 I think it was, maybe 90 I think it was 90 and so at that time we were in middle school it was it was not something that we uh it, I mean we could have watched it but it was not geared towards middle school students you know what I'm saying no, like, but you were aware of it right? I, we were aware of it. I was well I was aware of it like before that it was like who shot JR I was aware of it but I certainly right. was not like like knew or watched Dallas right but but see this was like that's the difference like who shot JR yeah I was aware of that that's a big thing like I even remember like I never watched Dallas but I watched the beginning of Dallas all the time because it sure. came on right after like the A team or something I can't remember right. or like uh Airwolf I can't remember exactly but I remember the opening, which was awesome. It's a great theme, by the way. I mean, classic theme. Right. But, but that was that was younger. Like this was in an era where I was, you know, you just starting to think about these things. And to me, this was a, this was something I always wanted to know. Right. So the Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. So Twin Peaks has always been fascinating. To and then you know throughout the years, Twin Peaks gets updated and redone and whatever, and then. Um, so I'm like flipping through Netflix and bingo, bango, all of a sudden I see Twin Peaks is on Netflix. And I'm like, right. this is perfect. Like I've always wanted to see this. And so I, I, I decided I was going to watch the, the pilot and just go from there, see what happened. Right. And, so and so I, I thought, I, well, I was going to say, I thought it'd be interesting to talk about it. Like to yeah. see if you, like, because David Lynch, right? David Lynch, we've seen, we've both seen David Lynch movies. I've seen a bunch of them. Yeah. Um, we're fans. Uh, you know, yeah. So 
I, I, I thought it would be interesting to talk about. Yeah, and I, I think I was, I was the same way where Twin Peaks was always that kind of that show that I was waiting. Just I was just like waiting. I like I have. I mean, to be honest, I have purposefully steered away from anything that could, you know, give me answers or like talk about Twin Peaks because I always wanted that experience of like seeing it. Right. And so like I've always steered away and thought, well, someday I will watch this. And so you basically came to me and said, listen, I'm watching Twin Peaks. Why don't you start watching it? So I watched the first episode essentially. Okay. So, so here's the thing, like, here's the way I think we should, we should do this. I think we should do a like mini series shotcast on on Twin Peaks, right? And so right. you've seen so we just go episode by episode. So I don't I don't know if we want to necessarily go through the entire pilot because the pilot's the long long one, right? It's like an hour and a half or something. Correct. It might actually be two hours. I can't it's an remember. hour and a half, I think. It's an hour and a half. So that's a long one. I, I don't know. I, I want to make sure that we keep the shotcast at a reasonable length. So we can see what we can see what happens. So know? this is what we'll do. You have seen all of them. Is that correct? No, I've seen. So here's the thing. I've seen the entire first season. Right. Okay. I've seen the entire first season. I've seen like one or two episodes of the second season. There's some we can get into this later, but there's some issues with the second season. I've seen the entire first season. So I'm right. kind of. So I'm a little it, bit ahead of you. I have just started. So why don't we go from there? Okay. Now, okay. I would like to say I, I would like to say this because because I am a film guy, right? Yeah. I go to the cinema and I watch films. That's what I do, right? Yeah. I don't go to the movies. Yeah. I don't watch movies. That I, I yeah. watch films, right? Right. So right. right. Yeah. I... So uh, w- the first episode when I was. When I was watching this, it's, it's called the pi- it's, it's called pilot, I believe, is what it is. I, yeah, right? it's just pilot. Yeah, it reminded me of, and, and of course, like David Lynch has this background, but it reminded me of a unit or a lesson that I was doing with surrealism, and actually one of my favorite films by Kenneth Anger called Rabbit's Moon. You you don't know that film. I don't know anything about Rabbit's Moon. No, but I I think. What I'd like to do is just like touch upon like where we are with like the influences because I think it's interesting because I want I want you then to go out and see some of these influences and see your responses to them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, I just I I enjoyed it because maybe I'm in like I like the surrealist stuff, but there's a lot of stuff that I was watching (laughs) that I was just like this is kind of bizarre and like it makes a lot of like it just weird choices that I don't have problems with, but like just surreal. Like there are a lot of surreal so, images and things. So that's the, that's the idea between behind surrealist cinema. Okay. And so like the idea started, um, well, the idea was really pronounced in a film called Unch like Unshen, uh, I'm not going to pronounce it right, but Unshen Andalus, Andalou. And Unshen Andalou was a film by Salvador Dali, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also by an actual filmmaker, Louis Brunel, Bruel. And Bruel was the filmmaker part of this kind of duo in 1929. And I'm assuming you haven't seen this film, but 
I'm going to ask anyway. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. I haven't. Seen okay, it. you were right in your assumption. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so anyway, look, like, I will say this: I've seen David Lynch f- films. I've seen Eraserhead. I've seen right. Blue Velvet. I've seen um, uh, this Lost, is the film uh, Lost Highway. So, this is the film that, like, is it has influenced all of that, and the the essential premise. And I don't I don't know how much you know about surrealism, but surrealism zero. Surrealism, I know zero. Okay, so so. <laughs> Oh, my God. It's like a history lesson here. This is what happens, just so you know. After World War I, right? After mm-hmm. World War I, people were, like, horrified about this world war, right? And this movement, this art movement called Dadaism. Have you heard of Dadaism? Dada? Yeah. Um, yes. I don't think I could explain it to you, but I do know what you're talking about. Okay. Dada basically was anti like everything, like establishment. They said if 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 society has gotten to us, society has brought us to a point where a World War One can happen, then we reject all all everything of society. We reject the bourgeoisie. Right. Which is what they were really big against. Right. We reject, you know, everything, including the art, because if art got us this way, got us yeah. here then we're in a bad we're in bad shape right That's so they pushed back okay so they yeah. so dada isn't like pushed back against everything and you get like the urinal um oh right the uh, fountain. yeah fountain right fountain. exactly so yeah. you know yeah fountain right i by, know yeah i mean yeah, i'm not you know. i yeah i know stuff i know right stuff. okay yeah so that was that's dadaism and so they're pushing back against everything right and it's specifically against this idea like you know again if, we're, if this is where we get to as a society in World War One, mm-hmm. then everything about society is wrong, and we kind of have to like push against that. So, okay. So that was World War One, and then in the tw- like in the twenties, this uh, even more of an idea of surrealism came, where Freud, you know, Freud was doing like dream analysis and things like that. Yeah. They were saying like, okay, if our conscious thought, if what we do consciously um, gets us again to this point of like horror. Uh, then we should like fall back to our subconscious. Like that's going to be a place where we should start drawing from, right? A, oh, more it, of a pure that's place. interesting. I'm already, I'm already seeing when you're saying these types of things. I'm already seeing like the influences, you know, in right. in, in David Lynch. You know, the subconscious stuff. The yeah, the stuff right. he's trying to work out. So like, seemingly on the screen. Yeah. So. So they're saying, like, listen, let's, they're doing a lot of, like, uh, like autonomous stuff. Like, they were like, we're just going to start something and see where it goes and just try to, like, blank out. Or they're stare at a piece of paper and just draw or write. It was not just, like, drawing. There was, like, people who wrote Dada poems and things like that, right? Not Dada, but surrealism. And so um, Salvador Dali was, like, a student of this, and he was just coming up. Meanwhile, in the film world, we yeah. have Bru- Bruel, Brunel, who is um, in Spain, and he has come up through kind of the film industry. He was working for some film guys in the 20s, and now he's ready to like do his own thing. He's ready to like mm. make his own film. And at this time, what's happening in film is in, in film at this point has been pretty. Um, kind of uh, narrative driven um you're they have figured out mostly their kind of like special effects in film and things like that that's like a real early thing that they figured out 
um, they figured out kind of like this idea of like a cut, right? Because the first films were just like, just a take, like a long take, right? Right. So they started out filling out, like figuring out cuts and things like that. And over in, in, in Russia, in the 20s, there was a revolution in that was happening. And, and, and filmmakers in Russia were figuring out this other thing that can happen with not just like a cut that could mean, you know, you go from one place and then you cut to another place or you cut to like a close-up, which was happening a lot. What they started doing was they were thinking about like, how can I cut and put images together that maybe wouldn't normally be connected to each other, but if I put them together, now all of a sudden they're connected. Juxtaposition, right? If I put have one image, I'm going to put another image next to it. I'm actually connecting these two. I, I mean, I'm getting a film education here. Like, do I get yeah. credit for this? Like, well, here's are, the thing: the, the, are is, the listeners is, or the shotcast listeners going to get like credit? For yeah, this? they this should. But this is this Good. is just what I, this is what I wanted to point out. At this time, the 20s, the, the, the Russians, they were making these montages. They called montage, which is French for edit. But they were making montages. They were trying to create meaning out of nothing. Well, not out of nothing, but they were cre creating meaning out of these images, right? And they were really taking it a step further. And what is interesting, I think, is this idea that Kuzlov came up with, which is that the emotional impact that we see as an act, like the actor. So as an actor, I'm taking a, um, I'm taking, I'm filming you, right? And then yeah. I film a piece of bread and then I film you, right? Yeah. What does the audience think of that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm seeing an actor, then I'm seeing bread, then I'm seeing an actor. And seeing you. Or bo bowl of soup is actually the one that they use, right? Then when bowl they see of soup, you. I I mean, I don't know. It, it, uh... They say, look, look how hungry that guy is. Look how hungry he is, right, oh, for that man. suit, okay. right? Oh, man, I've failed the test. I... <laughs> Here's another test. If the act, you show an actor and you show a baby and then you show the actor again, what is that actor thinking about? What's the actor thinking about? Yeah. Maybe like his own childhood. Maybe he's thinking about uh, infancy. Maybe he's thinking about like, maybe it's nostalgia. You know what I mean? Like a yearning for the past. Exactly, right? And that, this idea is that the actor isn't thinking about any of those things. The actor's not even in the same room as the baby, right? Right, right. But what's happening is you are putting your emotions into the actor. And okay. the idea is that the movie does not actually happen on the screen, but it happens in the viewer's brain. Oh, I like this is now very interesting. Too. Okay. I like the way it's it's manipulating you almost. Right. As it a is viewer. certainly manipulating. Film is manipulation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And especially with the Russians, they were really into that. And so flashback now we'll flash forward to 1929 when um, Dolly and uh, Brun Brunwell are sitting together and Brunwell comes up to Dolly and he's like, listen, I had this like crazy dream last night. Yeah. Like I had this crazy dream where there was an eyeball and all of a sudden like somebody cut the eyeball and Ugh. then I saw the moon and a cloud. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then <laughs> Dolly, like Dolly not to be outdone. Like you can't like out, out dream <laughs> right. Dolly. Right. He's right. like, well, you know what? I had this dream where there was a hand and all of a sudden there was a hole in the hand and ants were crawling out of it and all oh. over the hand. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so now they start going back and forth with like their dreams, trying to like outdo each other. But essentially what they said was like, hey, let's make a film just of our dreams. Just, just of their these, like, dreams. Dream, just of these yeah. dream bits, right? And they yeah. started writing it. And they did. And they made this crazy film. Um, the, uh, one of those first surrealist films. And the film itself is exactly that. It's just these bits of dreams. It, it, it doesn't go into a straight narrative, right? So it starts at one time and then there's titles that come on like three days later and then yeah. six months from now. Like, so it's jumping back in time. It's only two actors, but they're doing like these things, right? Really kind of crazy. And they made this film and then Brun, well, like Dolly was like, great, uh, that's perfect. And Brunwell was like, now I've got to edit this whole thing together. They like ran out of money and they, he edited this whole thing together. He was really the, the guy that was thinking about the film part of this, right? Yeah, yeah. So like you and my, if you and me were trying to make a film, right, you would be the Dolly, I would be Brunwell. Yeah, I'm the idea guy. Yeah. And so like we put it, he, they put it all together and they go to the theater and they're like, they're, like there's a story where they like, they say that like Dolly had like rocks in his pocket because he was afraid like people would get a, like a, start attacking him because this film was so crazy and like off the wall, right? Yeah, that he would yeah. have to defend himself with rocks. Like right, that's where right. they were, right? So like they're there, right? And Brunel, Brunel is actually kind of nervous because he actually wanted to make a good film. Like Dolly right. is like, uh, so like, so they're there, they watch it, film runs, ends, like Finn, you know, whatever, it ends. It's like silence, and all of a sudden, like everybody loves it. And they, you know, start clapping. They're they like, this loved is, it. They loved the film. It See, made that's, that's, absolutely no sense, but they <laughs> loved it. I, I mean, I, they must have gone in being like, "I just want to watch something crazy." Like when I have seen, they didn't I, know, I mean, they didn't know. No one knew. No one knew. No one like was making films like this before. Really? That's yeah. see, that is shock. That is shocking to me. Maybe that's from a perspective of like from where I am now, but like. If I'm like, oh, I don't know anything about this movie, and I go in and I see a movie of just like random, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I so don't know how the, I react to that, but it's probably not applause. I'm probably not giving. This is what I want you to o. do. This is what I want you to do. I want you to go watch a film. I want you to go watch a film and just see what it is. Because oh, here's you're the giving me homework. The, I, yeah. oh, I'm taking, I failed the, the quiz. Listen, now I've got homework. Here's the thing: when you watch the film, it is it's it's um. The sound. What I like about this and the connection that I'm trying to make here is the 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 sounds. There's some like really weird stuff going on, but it seems upbeat and light and kind of like. It just seems like the there's a repetition of this soundtrack that's happening there that's kind of like makes it all okay. And so when you're watching this, it kind of does like. I don't know. You feel kind of like it's very interesting let, when you watch this. Let me ask you something, because I, I would say my only experience with surrealism, surrealism films that I know of, uh, that I would say that I know of, is really the David Lynch movies that I've seen. Right. They're all kind of, uh, I don't know if this is the right word, but they're all kind, they all have a horror aspect to them. Right. Or at least so, there's a so do 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 a lot yeah. of surrealist films have that type of well, horror aspect? That's a uh, that's an interesting point. I mean, there was definitely certainly a, in in this film, there was an idea of um, death that surrounds it, right? There, it's, so death is like a prominent part in this, and in, in the surrealist, you could probably argue that that is a part of 
the subconscious and like thinking about that underlying, like what are we all thinking about like all the time is like this sense yeah. of death, right? And our own mortality, right? So that definitely is in these films and, and the, then the movement, right? They're exploring that. Um, so yeah, there's a sense of like, in the sense of like what could happen next, we don't know. It could be where yeah. somebody, it could, you could die, right? And in these films, that's what they were specific, in this film specifically, they were looking for, like, we don't, we want the audience to always be thinking, like, what could possibly happen next? And then try to, like, top that, essentially, right? Or, like, keep them off the, like, oh, that's so, like, I would have never figured that would be the th yeah. next thing to come, right? You so know, when you're watching this as an audience, yeah. you're like, that's, you're totally engaged in it. Because you're always thinking, like, what the heck could they possibly do next? I'm wondering, so like, I will say this, this is probably not something you want to hear, but sometimes when I go to the movies, I just want to be entertained. In fact, most of the time I go, I don't mind um, engaging in the film in a way where I am interested to see what is happening. Like I'm involved, I'm in, I'm in, in um, invested in the storytelling that's occurring. Right. Uh, so that is why I think a lot of David Lynch's movies are a little bit unsettling to me because while there is a sense of storytelling, I don't feel that he's interested too much in telling a story and having it even resolve. Like, I right. don't think he's interested in, in resolution of a story necessarily as much as he's interested in having you just go along on this journey. Right. And right? that's what the surrealists, and the surrealists felt the same way. And that's why I wanted to like make sure that you understood. Like the idea is like, the surrealists, the surrealists basically wanted you to step. They said this. They said, and, and when I say surrealists, I'm specifically talking about Dolly right now and and Brunwell. They said that when you left, you should not be able to interpret this in any way. Yeah. The only way that you could possibly interpret this film would be through like dream analysis or something like that, right? Psychoanalysis, right? So, right. But because, I mean, but, but aren't they aren't they wanting you to? Don't they want everybody to interpret the film? In an individual way? Well, so that's, my, way? so that's why we're looking at the Russians, because what happens is it doesn't matter. And this is the argument. Like, it doesn't matter what we put up there. The movie doesn't happen up there. The movie's going to happen in your brain. And it's no right. matter how you're feeling or you're thinking at the time. And it's not about the story that we're making. We're not, it's essentially what you're talking about. But there's like this middle ground, which I think you're reaching is like, I don't want to go. I just want to be entertained. Right. Right. That's, I just want to be. But like also like I don't like sometimes I'm interested in like really or I'm, I want to have something like deeper to think about. Right. But in this case, it's like the best of both worlds. It's essentially like this was purely made for your specific entertainment. And you can look as deep as you want into it if you want. doesn't matter to us. Right, 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 right. Right? Yeah. So they put that up there. And, and the sad, I mean, the sad thing was that Brew, <laughs> like Dolly was like super disappointed. He really? literally, like Dolly was like, we, he wanted everybody to hate this. He wanted everybody to just like boo him like out of Spain, essentially. Right. And when right. this happened, he was like super disappointed. Brunwell was actually was like, oh, I'm now a filmmaker. And right. they actually went on to try to make another film. And Dolly backed out basically because Brun Brunwell was tr trying to like make a statement against the Czech Catholic Church. 
and like the bourgeoisie and um and Dali was like he Dali kind of knew which it's like side his, his bread was buttered on basically he's like right, right, right. let's not make fun of the people who are like funding me right, <laughs> right. But, so Brunel went on and made it and he he literally got kicked out of um Spain and he had to go he went to um the states for a while and then he couldn't deal with the studio system and he, he ended up in like Mexico making his own films. Interesting. And, that, and, that, I mean, that is, that is fascinating. I'm really interested. I'm glad I know that type of, you know, so, I, because I mean, I, I, I came when I started watching, right. So my whole thing was, okay, I'm coming from this twin peaks aspect or, or wanting to watch twin peaks because I want to know who killed Laura Palmer. I get the distinct impression that David Lynch doesn't give a crap about who killed David, Laura, David right. or uh, Laura Palmer. I think he's interested in tell, in 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 having people react to this. He's more interested in what else is going on, right? Which I think is interesting, and um, I do think it's interesting because I came in because I wanted to have this mystery solved, and I continued watching because I was so interested in everything else that was going on, which I think right. was is the whole point. Yeah, right. I, mean, I mean, that's that. certainly, I mean, there's a lot it, with the first episode, right, that I looked at, like, for example, telephones and smoking were just two things that, like, oh. popped out on me. And I was what? like, wow, like, they were, the phones were, it, the phones are such a big thing, at least in the first episode. I don't know if it continues, but the let phone me, was such a big episode. And the smoking, everybody's, everybody's smoking. Well, hold on, let me, thing. but let me, let me push back just a little bit on that because, do you think that's only because you're coming from 2021 perspective about phone? I mean, the phones yes. right now. No, it, it absolutely is. No, that's what I'm t- okay. saying. Like oh, coming okay. from my okay. perspective now, like, listen, I'm in the audience right now with bringing my own. I'm I'm bringing my own thoughts and feelings to the actors or whatever. Like, the phones are like, and the smoking were two things that popped out of me and said, "Dang, those things aren't things that we see anymore." Yeah, and that yeah. makes such a big impression on me in this film, particular, and had, I mean, the phone and the smoking had major like roles in this. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, yeah. like in the pilot at least. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just uh, there. Uh, there are some other things too. So uh, well, he, oh, hold on now. Do you want to get into? Do you want to? Do you want to get into the first episode right now, or do you want to say? Yeah. Do you want to just do like an intro? This is a zero uh, session right now, just to get intro to it. Or do you want to get into the, the pilot? Let's get into the pilot, man. Okay. So here's the – I will say the number one thing. This is so odd, I think. The number one thing, before we get into anything specific, the number one thing that jumped out at me at the, at the pilot, you said, you know, telephones, and is the, is the score, like oh, the yeah. music that's involved. It's so – to me, like it took me a while to really get into it because – at first, it is just like, it doesn't seem to make any sense. Like, it doesn't seem to match the mood. It doesn't seem to match what's going on screen. It's kind of a jazzy, like, I don't mind the jazzy bit, but it doesn't seem to actually match what, it, right. what I'm seeing. Like, so, visually and, like, like my hearing is like, this. It, there's a total disconnect right. in what's happening. So there's, there's two things. Again, like, I would, I would urge you to watch um, Unshen uh, Andalou. Andalou? Uh, I got it. Someone's going to correct me on the internet. I don't. I don't know. But no one's going to correct you. No one listens to this. <laughs> In any case, I would. I would. I would encourage you to watch that and listen to that score, right? Because okay. And then the idea of the score in this 
is so bizarre because not it's not just the so it's not just the score, but the music coming from the the record player in the diner, yeah, was also like strangely bizarre from like different, uh, not even a different time, a different like multiverse is essentially where that music yeah. is coming from, and I mean, so like, like what's so yeah. what's so great about that is like. It like it again. It throws you off guard, but also is just creating this like this is where this is where we are. We're not at. It's not. We're not anywhere. You think you know where you are, but you're not. I think this is really interesting because going into like for someone who must have been watching this in 1990, I think this was probably like completely mind blowing for somebody. For me, like so, I'm watching it from you know you know 2021. I'm watching this. I have some knowledge of Twin Peaks in the sense that I it, it's just in the culture, right? I mean, like, right. but I don't know any specifics about it. I know that's in the culture. I know there's a few things that I'm uh, that that are images that I know of, but essentially nothing. I, but what is interesting to me is there is, I think, a much more uh, you know solidified concept of a multiverse, right? Because you've got you know you've got Marvel with the multiverses, right, right, you've got right. all. And so, like, when you're watching it in, in 1990, you may not, like, you're trying to say, this is happening in our world, right? And, like, what's going on? Whereas I am immediately, like, this is a different place and time and dimension. Right. Like, this isn't a multiverse, right? It's a this dimension. Is another... It's a different dimension that this thing yeah, is Yeah, it's like Earth 2 yeah. or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and and so maybe that it makes things a little bit un- less, you know, unsettling because it's like, oh, I'm pushing this into Earth 2. It's not... Whereas if I'm like coming from this from a point of view where it's like the concept of multiverse maybe not is not really in my lexicon. It's like, okay, like this is happening on Earth. This is insane. Like this is crazy. Right. You know? So I mean I, I it took was... it took me a while. Again, like I don't know if you want to go in order of like, you know, go go through the movie, but like this happens pretty early. It happens I'll just say this. It happens pretty early in the in in the in the narrative, but um but I wasn't sure what that music was until they went outside and the music changed with until the music changed. Like, Oh, that's playing inside the diner. Yeah. They walked out to the car and I heard, Oh, the music, the music sounded like it was still coming from inside. I was like, Oh, that's the song he put on. Yeah. It is. It's like the, it's really because I thought it was a soundtrack. It, like the sound, that's the that's the thing. The soundtrack and the the music coming from the movie, right? So there's two different types of sound. There's diegetic sound. There's non-diegetic sound. Yeah. But the the those both those are both sound so similar that it's hard to tell the difference between them. Well, so and as you watch, like it took me because I actually watched. Believe it or not, I've watched the pilot twice. I watched it once by myself, and then I was like, oh, Heidi might like Heidi might dig this. Like she might be right. interested in this. this. Is something we can watch. And she actually did. She did find it interesting. She found it enough interesting enough. She watched the entire season with me. So, like the first season, we watched together. Um, it took me a while to realize, like that, like after a while, the soundtrack becomes something that's ingrained in your psyche. In the sense that when you hear it, even though it's like the same, it never changes. It's the same it sound. Change. It's like the same sound throughout the. But you will know. You'll be like, okay, I'm hearing this, and now I know that this is going to happen. Or I'm hearing this, and now. I can expect this. Like it just, right? It's it's like that. So why don't? So we got off track. Why don't we start from beginning? Go from you know, the beginning. Let's begin from the beginning. Right. So, you know, 
you've watched it most recently, but but you know my memories of this is like you know of just Laura Palmer being like washed up on the shore, right? Right. I mean, that's but like I, I want to, I want to actually go back because okay. again, like the first thing that we see in any sort of visual narrative, and even a, a film, right, like this, doesn't even have to be a narrative. I don't. I have no idea if this is a narrative or not. Like I'm at the, I've watched the pilot episode. I have no idea if this is going to be a story that goes, if it's not going to be like jumping back in time all over the place. I'll never know. Right. Right. But let's start the, the first thing we see is a woman in a mirror. Right. And I think she's like putting on some makeup, but the first thing we see is of, um, the, uh, the woman, I forget who's, she's from Hong Kong. She was the wife of the, Palmer is a Palmer. Huh? Not pa- no, not, no, it's um, it's the sawmill. It's sawmill. Yeah, yeah. I've, 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 I don't. I've Packer, Packer, right? Packer, Packer, yeah, Packer, yeah. whatever. Right. It's his. It's his wife, and um, he he died. We learn in this episode, but uh, it's his wife, and she's putting on, I think, makeup or something. But I want you to understand. Like as a filmmaker, when you see a mirror, like I don't know, I don't know what kind of connection this is, but when you see a mirror, the first thing I always say is there's a duality behind this person, or there's a, a split, or there's another story going on within this person, and and we don't see Laura Palmer first. Like this is the first person we see of this whole thing. This is the first person that we see in right. front of a mirror. As somebody, I haven't seen this thing. I don't know anything about it. But I am keeping my eye on that because that, my friend, has to have something. Now, you're, you're laughing right now. People aren't seeing this, but you're laughing right now. Uh, I don't know if that's look, laughing I, because I, I'm talking crazy or if you're like, whatever. But I'm just saying, yeah, David, yeah, yeah. David Lynch is not somebody who just, that's where he's going to start just because he like, felt like it was the way to go. Right. It was that just, means yeah, something. It was just like, yeah, let's start from somewhere. We might as well start from here. Right. Like, so I'm just yeah. saying, I'm just pointing that out. I just want to point that out as, as and this is a tip for all those shotcast listeners. Look at the, whatever the first first 15 minutes of a film, but the first shot of the film is important. It tells us a lot. Yeah. And I would I would clarify. I think this is a film. Like, I, honestly, if you just watch the pilot, like, it's a pretty good. I mean, it's a great introduction to the to the movie or to the show, right? I mean, like, I I really haven't. You watch that pilot and you're like, "This is pretty. This is great. Like, everything is really well done." It's I was like, hooked. I mean, feel, listen. Yeah. At this point, David Lynch is not like some kind of joke, right? He's not gonna. No, he knows what like, he's doing. Yeah. He he's he's made a bunch of films up at this point. That yeah. I mean, Dune. Let's you know say what you want about Dune, but like he's he's oh, not. Thought- yeah. He's not like uh, an amateur at any at any stretch of yeah. imagination, right? He knows what he's doing and he's refined it in a way, and that's why I can look back and say, like, let's look at surrealism because he knows he. he it's not like he was like, oh, what's surrealism and scratches his head. It's not right, like right, he's right. going to be like, oh, Kenneth Anger, I've never heard of him, and scratches his head. No, and yeah. so that's I, why. You no, know, it's clear that he knows what he's doing. So uh, you take us through the movie because, like, uh, you know. You've watched it recently. I did not do my homework. I should have rewatched this. I am going to try to, as we go through, you know, this episodes to at least rewatch the episode, so I have a better knowledge of right. what's going on. So, uh, but here, I can give so, you at least my initial. Pr- so that's what uh, we see, and yeah, eventually, like the dude. Um... I will say this: so the opening, right? The opening is like, you know, where you've they've got different shots of like yeah. the Twin Peaks, essentially, right? Yeah, Twin I Peaks. was like. 
what is going on? Like, I don't know if that was from, if that's like a 90s, but you contrast that now with like how openings are, where everything's like really super fast paced. Yeah. This was the slowest opening where it's just sh- like shots, like for full, like for a full minute, just like on yeah. a sawmill. You know what I mean? Like as like weird music is playing. It really kind of bizarre. Like yeah. I'm not, I, I'm sure that they are trying to establish, like Hugh Murray was trying to establish something, but at the same time, I think he was just like, this is Twin Peaks. Like, yeah, this is no, what that's it is. exactly what it is. That's yeah. exactly what he's doing. He's just taking us through and pacing yeah. and a sense of pacing. Like, I think that's important. And a lot of, uh, if you look at his films, the pacing is, is important. And I think that's, uh, I think we lose track of pacing sometimes in films, but it, it so what happens is we see Laura Palmer, right? And there's some like, I, I think the acting in this is like, again, we have to consider where David Lynch is drawing influences and he really does draw influences from like, like soap opera-y kind of things like that. Like that's why yeah, he like yeah, yeah, dove yeah. into here. So it is a, like a kind of some of the acting is over the top like that, but like um, the this is my takeaway from like this first couple scenes, right? The teenagers, I was like, what is going on with these teenagers? <laughs> I was like, what is happening? Because first of all, like, first of all, they, and I guess I was thinking back, like, when was the last time I saw a teenager look like this? And I would have to say, oh, well, that was Edward Scissorhands, which was also 1990. Like, right, right. it was, I like, that's what I was like, oh, these teenagers remind me of Edward Scissorhand teenagers, which was at the same time. So maybe there's a connection between like maybe teenagers did look like that in the 90s. But it's some sort of weird. This is there's some sort of like weird. And I see this a lot, I think, in the 90s, some sort of weird kind of thing of like 50s yeah. um, kind of uh, thing going on there. You yeah, know? no, I totally agree. Yeah, it's like I, and I don't know if it was it's from like. You know, the filmmaker is project or I'm not saying David Lynch. I'm like, whoever is in the 90s putting together what of what a high school should look like. First of all, they're not getting high school kids. They're getting kids much older. That's kind of like you can definitely tell that these are much. And then the second thing is, I think a lot of times they're drawing experiences like, oh, here I'm writing this scene or I'm the art director or I'm looking at this. I'm drawing influences from when I was a kid. And that was probably more like 50s, 60s, right? When they were. Yeah. And so that's why I think you get a lot of these, like, because it's a lot of, it looks like the 50s. Like, I wouldn't have said this was in the 90s. I wouldn't have even said it was in the 80s. Well, that's what I'm, that's my point. I said, I, I would have said it was like, I probably would have guessed that time, but there's definitely influences. And again, like, I look at Edward Scissorhands and, like, I always thought those teenagers looked weird there. Because, again, they're not teenagers. Yeah. And I think that's causing me, that's causing problems just in the way I'm looking at, at what's happening here. And I can see, uh, moving forward, I mean, they're all underage, and there's like relationships between like underage people and like adults, and that's seeming to be an issue. Like, I don't know why no one's calling that out, but like, that's definitely mm-hmm. if that's an issue in like the first one, I can tell that's moving forward. I think that's probably going to come up. But I mean, Laura Laura Palmer's only seventeen; she's seventeen years old. Oh yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. So yeah. and and the and the so that means like leaving the, the cool QB, the quarterback, right? Like first of all, that's weird. Like that that character is a weird character. 
Yeah, it, yeah. I, I didn't like hit hit always. He didn't it, fit what I'm thinking he should fit, right? Because is well, he a jock or is he like a like a greaser? Greaser. But then yeah. you have the motorcycle, like the bike, the bikers, which are really weird. Yeah. Like that subculture that's happening there. Um. But. Yeah, I, I, that's that's another thing that struck me as like the quarterback is like not a typical like even an '80s quarterback like the the Mike the Snake guy like Snake like his friend or whatever. Yeah, he is what uh, you would expect from like a jock. Yes, right? and he fits the yeah. mold, right? And he's got and he's got his leather, leather, Leatherman jacket or a Letterman jacket on, right? I yeah. mean, like so, he, and he's he's that really amped up, like really hyper. Yeah. Whereas the whereas Bobby. the other guy. Bobby, Bobby's like up and down. Like he's sometimes super amped, but like other times not. And I mean, he's uh, in pilot episodes, pretty amped. And he's got the he's got his letter on the back of his leather jacket. Like it's yeah. just a weird. And again, like I don't know what David Lynch was thinking. Like, but it's a weird kind of like you don't know who this character is, right? Yeah. Like you think one way, but you're seeing something else. And again, like he's playing like a bunch of different characters in one. And there's this scene where he's like, he snaps. He's like, I, re- I wrote it down where he's like, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a getting yeah. a little bit, but he's already, he's been like, you know, the I police are the like thing. thing. And he like snaps and he's like, because I didn't feel like it. And he like snaps his fingers like that. And you're like, what the heck is that? He, no. So I'm sa- So if you, I, like he does that several times, there's a lot of snapping that he does. And like, there's this one scene where he comes into the school and uh, Mike is talking to him about like he's gonna get in trouble or whatever. Yeah, um, so, it's very and, and so yeah. like, yeah, and like the, because that's they're they're the you know the the sheriff is looking for him, right? right. And so he does the whole snapping thing, and yeah. like the it's just like this weird attitude that he has. In fact, in one of those scenes, it was really weird. You might have missed it, but like, there's a scene in the hallway. I think with that weird kid. Yeah, he was like, you think dancing, I missed that? Like, no, I see everything. <laughs> First of all. First of all, I just want to skip back. Like, so the, the Bobby is in the diner, right? And he's talking. And there's this, like, I don't know if she's German, like, girl comes in or whatever. She's one of the, you know. She's oh, she's the waitress. She's leaving. One of the waitresses. There's no. She's coming in. There's like three waitresses. Oh yeah, she's coming. Yeah, she's there's coming like a German. in. I don't know what that's all about, but, but certainly like so. Mike is there. Um, not Mike, Bobby's there. Bobby. And as he's leaving and, and hits, you know, gets the jukebox with like the, the weird uh, kind of music that comes on. He's yeah. like, I'll see you in my dreams. And she, go, and, and I don't know, is it Donna? That's not, not Donna. It's uh, the, the older woman, the older woman mm-hmm. in the waitress. Um, she's like, not if I see you in mine first. Right. So all of us, like, I just want to point out, like we're setting up the stage. That's like in the very beginning. We're setting up the stage already about this like dream kind of thing coming in. Right. And it's, there was was another point where he also talked about dreams. Like there were like two points in the, in the, in the beginning pilot where they mentioned dreams specifically. Yeah. So again, like we're like just seeing all of that happen. Um, yeah. And that weird kid, like what the heck was that all about? I don't know, man. It was weird, but it like struck me as very David Lynchian to just have something weird happening in the background. Yeah. Like just some random dude doing some sort of weird, like dance or something. So we're also introduced to like, um, Audrey and Donna at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. So Audrey Horn is this like, I don't know if she's like this 
supposed to be a femme fatale type figure, but like she like has these saddle shoes on or whatever, and then she switches when she gets to school to like the yeah, red like heels to me, or whatever. If you're thinking like, about like, here's what I thought. I'm I'm thinking like, uh, you know, Archie comic books. Like you have a Betty and you have, uh, you know, yeah. Veronica. You know what I mean? This is Veronica, wealthy family. Right. And she's like got the dark hair that she's got a butler or whatever, like driving her around, like chauffeur driving. And she's That's chaos. Like I mean, what she's she's chaos is what she is. Like she yeah, just yeah. goes oh, yeah. around yeah. and just like, I'm just going to throw something in here. And I'm just going to. And it's yeah. like it's really interesting because when you add that into the mix again, it's like, well, what could happen? Like, who knows what could happen with this this girl? Right. Audrey. Yeah, yeah. And again, like thinking about that idea of like just setting it up. So you never know what's going to happen is kind of like yeah. a nice thing that 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 person does. But anyway, so I mean, it, it's kind of weird how Laura, it's not weird, but Laura Palmer is like, obviously everybody is influenced by her in some way. Like the principal is literally like breaking down, like people are like screaming and stuff like that. Like, oh, you know, and it's like, I like right. how it sets up. Like there's some really nice, like, there's some really nice things that are going on with both like exposition and also like um, showing it, but not saying what's happening. Like let the audience come to its, their own conclusions about it. Right. Yeah. Um, which is really nice. Uh, and again, like this, you know, David Lynch is no slouch when it comes to like, well, I mean, I think, I think that was what's, I mean, I didn't think it was too much exposition in it at all. Like, there are some no. obviously parts, but like the way that you get around that in this particular w- was when you have, you know, um, uh, oh my gosh, I'm not, you know, this is what's so great about the shotcast. Uh, we just watched this film. We're talking about a specific mo- or TV show. I can't remember any right. of the characters' names. Well, it's like, the FBI dude. Conf- the and FBI dude. It's any, uh, any what's his ta- face? It's uh, search the C. I think um, a coup, uh. I'm trying to oh look my at my gosh. notes. Like I jotted notes down when I was watching it, but I can't. And now I can't figure. Anyway, can't. like it's nice to have him there because he, you're getting the story from him. Any exposition can be like, can yeah. Be, and he's talking into and talking to whoever her. Uh, what's that? Don. Uh, who who is the who's who's the person? Audrey he's always talking or something? Is no, like that's Audrey no. Or? Audrey is the woman. Audrey Horn. Oh. Who does he? Who is he always talking to? He's always talking to somebody like his secretary. I don't know if it's oh a secretary or whatever it is. We are the. We are honestly, we're the worst. Like, I didn't you, write you understand that, right? I didn't. I didn't <laughs> actually write that. that. I didn't actually write that down. The problem was I haven't seen these for like it's been like a month. Because I I I and I wanted to rewatch it so that I'd be familiar with well i i just wrote watched it and i wrote things down but i did not happen to write anyway anyway it's really good i mean that's like that's perfect right to have that just happen there seeming kind of seemingly i mean the thing is you know exactly who this character is as he's driving to uh you know twin peaks and he's he's recording this memo for his secretary or whatever you you learn exactly who this person is you know what I mean? Because he's talking about the smell. He's obsessed with the smell right. of the pines. But like you also like he he travels a lot. Obviously, he's very interested in a few things. Uh, good food, coffee. Like these are his things that he's all about. Right. And what I like about him is that like he's like pretty no nonsense. And you get the feeling that he is he, even though he doesn't seem like the smartest person in the room. He's the smartest person in the room, and he already knows what's happening. 
Like he right. already knows about it. I mean, but the the way that it's played, which is to the actor's credit, which I can't, even, I should know the actor's name. He's super famous, and I had it on the tip of my tongue. All things I should know. I mean, he's he's great. Like he's just really good at that particular character. Well, it's he's the, he. It's also that he. It's almost like this is, I mean, for everybody else, right? Everybody else, this is something new and that's like extraordinary and like shocking and everybody's like in disbelief about this. This is something like, like this is just an everyday thing for him, right? Because this is what he's following. This is what he's doing, right? So for him, it's like, yeah, like I'll talk about Cooper. this, but it's also Cooper. like it's Cooper. Agent yeah. Cooper. Yeah. yeah. And, and also, the actor is Kyle McLaughlin, which, we sh- which I should know because he's very good. But the, the idea is that like... For him, this is like an everyday kind of thing. And like the mm. extraordinary things are these cups of coffee or the, you know, it's like it's oh thrown my in gosh, reverse. That's right. Yeah, that's true. So, You're right. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. what's so nice about that character. Right. Yeah. And, and I just want to go back because Mrs. Palmer is absolutely amazing. Mrs. Palmer? The, yeah. Yeah. I thought she was wonderful. She's she, great. She, like, I mean, the whole scene. The, the, what's a really great scene is the scene where, uh, so it starts off and uh, Laura Palmer's mother is like, Miss Palmer is like calling, eh, where's not, I haven't seen Laura. First of all, those stairs are creepy. I don't know, something's going to happen to those stairs. I don't know what it is. The fan, right? The fan. Is, is the fan is yeah, there was a shot of the fan. scary. Like, right? cre- you say creepy, it's freaking scary. Yeah. There's something happening. I don't know what it is. It's upstairs. She even says, like, at one point, like, who's upstairs? Like, she's she gets shot with this, I don't know, stuff. Again, like, what is this? I don't know. It's just stuff. Make her calm down. Who knows what that is? It does, it's yeah, not exist yeah. in this world. But exists right. whatever world that's in. And so she, like, kind of, like, gets calmed down and immediately. She gets, in any case, like, so um, there's that scene where she's like, where's that? And then she's talking to her husband. And, and she's like, uh, and then the And then you see, yeah. like... There's a, it's like, oh, she's probably fine, right? And then you see the police like, pull up. Policeman comes up. Yeah. And then he's like, totally. And you don't have to say anything. Like, that's what's so good about film, yeah. right? This yeah, idea yeah. of like, it's all there. And the audience is smart enough to put it together because of the images that we see. And again, it goes back to those crazy Russians. But like, it, part of that is like, everything, the movie isn't happening there. It's happening in your yeah. audience's brain. So let them, let it happen that- there. That, that I will say, like from the pilot, one of the the best scenes is that scene where you know she's on the phone, she's trying to figure out what's going on, and you can see her rising panic. Yeah, like it's just great. It's like it's 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 uh, it's like kind of understated at first, but like you know it's there and it keeps rising and building and building, and then she's calling her her husband, and the guy's like, oh, "Hey, look, it's the second time your wife's on the phone," and he finally goes. And like as she's like talking, yeah, and he's, he's like, trying to hey, calm her down a little. Like, oh, don't worry, yeah. she's talking somewhere. And then all of a sudden, up. he sees the yeah. sheriff, and he's yeah. putting it together. Yeah, and he's like, it's the sheriff, and she just like falls apart. Yeah. Like that's great, man. Like it's even great that the sheriff doesn't go. Like I think other people would have made the choice. Like the sheriff comes in, he knows who he's talking about. Like the sheriff knows who's there, and goes right to the right to the father, right? But he doesn't. Like the sheriff first goes to the. To the receptionist and it just builds that tension right. right like it builds the tension like he's on the phone he's watching this happen he didn't come right in like ru- like ruin that tension release that tension he's going somewhere first and then he's looking around and like and the was... wife is totally in the dark she's like what do you mean yeah. the sheriff's like yeah, yeah. what and it's just she knows but she knows 
and yeah, she yeah. just and, and you don't even it's it's really good like the like and those things like that kind of stuff happens like within this pilot a lot these little scenes that just happen where it doesn't need to be explained it happens and we are seeing mm-hmm. it and we're smart enough as an audience to like to figure it out yeah and we're not like talked at right which is really good anyway that was really good and i just want to like Then throwing in like the other girls, like this, so the there's another girl that's missing, right? So it's not just like one, so it's another one. The dude, the eye patch woman is like, and like I love that dude. Yeah. The, the uh, I don't know the gas station guy, whatever that guy is, like he's awesome, man. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what he's gonna turn out to be, but like I, that guy is like. Like, because they have to have this conversation. Like Donna and him is like having this, when it's kind of review. Oh no, is it Donna? Who is having that conversation? Yeah. No, he's having. So he talks. He's to like, Donna, I picked like, the wrong guy. Or she's like, oh, Don- maybe Donna. Yeah, Donna. It's comes not. Up talking and- about Mike, and and right. he's talking about the patch, the eye patch. Thing. Right. Yeah. So that's great. Like, and that that that's like gonna be crazy. And again, like everything is like always like one upping. Like, oh, how could we get even like more like crazy it's like oh well just let's just have like uh, a, a woman with an eye patch that is obsessed with like these drapes the blinds man the blinds yeah. or whatever the drapes right and well then, in fairness oh. he did say he was going to get the blinds the blinds were supposed <laughs> to, be to be there fair, to be fair <laughs> um but that doesn't explain log lady who was like again like oh <laughs> the strangest thing in this thing is gonna be the woman with the drapes oh no Here's Log Lady, which I don't yeah. even know what that. Who's that? Oh, it's just Log Lady. Oh, okay. Yeah, she carries a log around. Come on, now. it's Log Lady. What town course. doesn't have a Log Lady? Right. Um. But it's good, and then it's like uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't even where we want to go to this. I'll, I'll tell you what, Doctor Jacoby, the psychiatrist. That oh dude gosh. is messed up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you don't yeah. even have to like. First of all, you don't even have to notice his tie and what he was doing with his tie. Did you notice what yeah. he was doing with his tie? Of course. Like, Look, what? How could you? Like, this is. I'm going to go with you. How could you? Of course, I noticed that. I mean, how could you not notice that? Like, I mean, so come on. That is like, again, like these are under. Like that's an underage relationship. Like, I mean, I don't know if there's a relationship, but certainly that dude was thinking about. I don't know if there's a relationship there, but that dude was certainly thinking about having a relationship with an underage girl. I mean, that's some of the problems that I'm having with this. But I think, like, that's the other thing. Like, David Lynch, I don't know if he's thinking about this at the time, but in the 90s, I don't know if they're also thinking about, like, this kind of, these kind of problems. But, like, certainly having high school students being played by older adults, right? Yeah. Pretending to be kids, but but writing them for, like, like... you could write this in like a college, you know, instead of like a high school. I don't know if it would yeah, have changed yeah. the plot or whatever, but it would have been more appropriate with their relationships. That's one thing that's starting to get to me already. And I'm just can see where this is going in a direction that I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if this is a, in this day and age. I mean, even that day and age, it's not appropriate, but like, I, yeah, I mean, certainly, certainly not, but I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. Um, why do I have nervous about meeting Jay tonight? I don't know why I wrote that down. Well, I didn't that hear was what you said, dude. What, what was nervous, that? nervous about meeting Jay tonight. I wrote that down. Oh right, that was that's in the that's in the uh, diary, right? So I think that what I think oh. is kind of cool about the diary, or like that whole issue with Coop, like Agent Cooper. He's like, 
like you got you've got the sheriff who's like oh man she's a great girl whatever and agent cooper's like no man this is like cocaine like what's she into like this is i the picture that i have like i am not from twin peaks right and i have experience and like you were saying like this is something that's normal for him right right like and this is really brand new for the you know for the sheriff and he sees he knows you know laura palmer in one way and immediately agent cooper's like no man like you got to open your eyes like i know who this person is like i'm right. getting a better sense of who this person is than you are she does say this line there's this line that's written and i don't know i don't remember what it was but i have it written down does this mean i'll never grow up and i think there is there's something going on with like like this idea of like growing up that's in this pilot episode i don't know if it's carried through but that's just something i, I wrote down i would keep an eye on for myself um Yeah, the interrogation scene was good. Like he types, like he types in the thing. Where he's like, "This guy, you know, yeah, he, he didn't do yeah, it right or whatever, he didn't right?" Do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, he's like, I, I love when he's like, you know, Bobby gets all like in his face, and he's like, he's like, he kind of just looks around and be like, um, "This is how it works." Like, I'm gonna right. ask you a question. <laughs> like he's yeah. like, you know, it was really. I will say really this. Good. So like, surprise. Like, I'm looking at this from a from like an investigation type of. Uh, perspective oh yeah yeah what's your perspective on interrogation there um what i really liked about the investigation was that he some of the stuff that he was saying was just like he's really um he's putting it out there like the first thing is like did you kill her like i mean like he's really like putting it out there asking those questions um but he kind of already knows the answers to all these things, right? right? Like he's not asking any questions that he really doesn't already know the answer to. He wants to see how this person reacts right, when right. he asks a question. And he already knows the answer, but he wants to know what this person says. You do that all the time. Like not you, but like in, it's, when you're doing an investigation, you're, you're asking questions. A lot of the questions you already know the answers to. You're just more interested in what this person is going to say. Right. Like, are they going to tell you the right answer? You already know what it is. Right. What are they going to say to it? And he does that all the time. He already knows what it is. Like he already knows. I get a feeling that he almost has this thing like saw like solved from the very beginning. You know what I mean? Like right. Well, there are some things that he's trying to figure out. But I mean, to be to be fair, like he also. I mean, this is a uh, from what it appears to be a serial killer, right? Mm -hmm. So he also has some information. And knows like well, Bobby isn't the serial. He like he's also like well, this these clearly aren't the serial killers that I'm looking for, right? So yeah, yeah. he's looking more about for information um, in that sense. Um, oh yeah, nice day for picnic. Jake said that at the locker because we kind of figured that out. Um, it's clue like he's dropping clues like crazy all over the place. Yeah. Um, and then there seems to be some sort of relationship with Donna and Audrey. Because in the very beginning, we kind of see them like, you know, have a little um, thing. But I didn't see anything where else that came up. Audrey just seems to be like this chaos girl just walking around. Um, the half-heart pendant thing on a mound of dirt was kind of creepy. Like that that seems pretty gruesome for 19... 19- I'm just thinking about like 1990. And I, the, like, I, like nowadays, I like I think it would have just been like, it's not gruesome enough. But like at that point... In 1990, I think, to be on air, it seemed pretty intense, man. 
I especially so like too. the like, girl I, walking down the tracks, right? With the, like, I, 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 as soon as I saw that, I was like, "There's no way this was on TV in 1990. Like, there's no way that that was like." Yeah, and that, yeah. Um, the deer head down at the bank, uh, you know, the, the so the stuff. I thought that was kind of like just again, like this kind of like random, like this weird random stuff, right? Again, thinking about a that dream. Are constantly there. Well, that's the thing. This this repetition, like that's. Again, like if I'm thinking about this, like the biggest cop out ever is like it was just a dream. Right. But like I'm thinking about this as like, what if this is a dream? What are those things? And in dreams, we see repetition of things. We see things that seem to make no sense at all. Like the music, like the music doesn't have to. If you have a dream, the music's not matching or making sense. Right. right? It's just it's just whatever in your head. There may not even be music. I don't know. Um but like the weird kid doing a weird thing, like that could be easily be in a dream. So I'm just thinking like if this is if you're making a world with dream logic, essentially, like yeah. what are those things that you could have in there again and again? And the donut, like all those donuts lined up like perfectly and, it, you know, was was uh, something that I liked. Um, and those just those little things like a deer head. Oh, it just fell down. We didn't get to put it back up. That's eh, no problem. OK, whatever. Like, yeah. I, lo- I love that part, man. Yeah, it's like, okay, but... Because it, like, it also it also brought, like, a sense of, like, yeah, I think, like, if this happened, like, if Deerhead fell down, it's like, all right, well, who's going to put it up? We're just going to keep in it In a bank, we're in a... Yeah, yeah it's like, it what are we going to do with it? It fell down, like... And, yeah. But, like, you know, but if you're, like, looking at this from, like, a TV show, if this was a TV show, right, they'd clean it up. You know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't right. be there because everything's or, clean. Or people would be like, well, what's the point? What, like, how's it drive the narrative forward? Like, because when, we, when yeah. we think about, like, you know, writing or, like, telling stories for film, especially, it's like, um, or, short, or short films or whatever, you're always thinking about, like, what's driving the narrative forward? Is it, yeah. is it supposed to drive the narrative forward? Then yes. But if it's not, get rid of it because it's, it's not driving the narrative forward. But um, in this specific case, again, if you think back on surrealism, yeah, of course. It doesn't yeah. have to drive the narrative forward. Right. Which right. is really nice. Once we get into the safety deposit box, when they open that up, that's when things start really getting interesting. Um, as far as like things happen, like making other making connections. Right. Because you get the flesh. The flesh world thing is so funny because it's like, really? Like, yeah. again, like it's not something you would see like in today's modern <laughs> kind of way. But like, OK, flesh world. And then they find the picture of the like the girl. So like, oh, there's a connection there. Right. But right. then that's just there's, a, there's that nice. Um, what we would call a graphic match uh, on a match cut of like the trucker. I don't know if you remember this, but it's like the truck. It's an advertisement. I don't know what it was an advertisement necessarily for, but like there's the truck and then we, it's a match cut, which means it goes right to the actual thing. Right. It's a black and white picture that goes right. And we go there and then we go into that world, which again is like a horrible world of, you know, this guy's a domestic uh, abuser. Um, Leo. Oh, and there was a gun on the TV, like an old gun on the TV that I saw, which was kind of interesting. Um, and then again, like the TV, like this is a, a really good like plot device, right? The TV is showing, is talking about the girl who showed up, right? And but but Leo and um, oh right on the like there, there's like a it's yeah showing and, like a soap opera or something. Or, is that it's not right, a or? soap opera. In this case, it was the news and was talking about the girl and oh. just giving a little bit more information about Ron Ronette Polowski or something. I don't know Polanski. I don't know. 
But anyway, the girl, I was like, oh, that's a really good plot device again. Like, we don't, you know, we'll find out more information about the girl, but also it's causing tension in this relationship because mm-hmm. she's like, hey, I want to listen to this, right? And the guy's like, okay, who's like, uh, I think it was like smoking or whatever. Um, but everybody's cheating on each other. Like, that, like that's so crazy. Well, like, I think everybody. that's the whole thing. Like, I that's get the, the, that's sen- the soap like, opera part of it. It like, is. Like, I feel almost like, quite honestly, like this is it's a soap opera like he's he's literally making a soap opera but it's just it's weird right you know what i mean like that's kind of what i am getting so then you got in the the announcement uh where they're like in the um i don't know the city hall or whatever right and the mayor's there and he um and they make that announcement that's where we see log lady and uh they cut to this traffic light that goes from green to yellow yeah to red, right? And then we see the traffic light again at the end where it's just like red. It's like right at the yeah. very end, um, which is perfect. Again, like, talking about the Russians well, in the montage, isn't right? There, oh, I might be getting this confused, but isn't there like a line about how this is like a, a, a traffic light? There's a, there's a line specifically about, you know, the town with only a traffic light or with one traffic light. Or, oh, maybe. It might, could have, be. Uh, might be some other time. But certainly, like, we get that, right? And it's like, but it's also announcing, like, okay, like, da- like it's dangerous. We got to stop, and, and there's a yeah. red light, which is warning, right? And so that's really nice. Um, and again, film history gone right there. Um, oh, yeah, and Bobby is clearly drinking and driving when it, com- it comes to the Katana. Like, and I, I don't understand yeah, and Mike's what Mike's like, like, clearly, yeah, but Mike's I like everything. Like, and, like, the, the father's like, I guess he's the, He's actually the doctor of the town the doctor, or whatever. Yeah, he's the doctor, yeah. He's like, um, hey, you guys haven't been drinking. And he's like, well, Bobby's the one who's really driving. And right. Bobby's like, has a can of beer in his hand, like surfing on the... <laughs> I'm like, that doesn't make even sense. Why would you... Anyway, like, and then they go to this biker bar. Now, I said biker bar, question mark, because I don't know if it's actually a biker bar or just like where these bi- all these bikers... I think it's supposed... It's what it's the... What do they call it? The hi- the dugout, the hideaway, the back... What do they call yeah. it? Well, it's the roadhouse. I, the roadhouse. Yeah. I don't know what it is. So it's but, supposed to be a biker bar. It does not look anything like a biker ba- bar on the outside nor in the inside. And the inside right. just looks like a huge warehouse. Like the set. Like Yeah. Well, in any case, the woman... Again, singing. <laughs> it's like, what kind yeah. of music is this? Yeah, yeah. And it's the kind of music bikers like to listen to. Clearly. Well, that's the thing. That, that's the other thing I was going to talk. Like again, I've, I've mentioned Kenneth Anger a bunch. Like Kenneth Anger made a film called Scorpio Rising, which kind of took that biker culture that we see like in Brando's mm-hmm. Wild Thing. What, what did? What was the thing? Anyway, Brando, Mar- Marlon Brando made this movie with like a bike. He was a biker, right? And then. The Wild Bunch. Wasn't it called The Wild Bunch? Uh, wild Bunch the was wild a... Wild One. The Wild One. Wild One. Wild Bunch was, yeah. a, was a Western... Yeah. Um, the Wild One. I think that's. I think that was what... And so, anyway, like, they're all dressed like that kind of, like, yeah. biker. The Wild One is like, what do, what do you... Uh, what are you... Why are you so angry? And he's like, what do you got? Like, that's right, the famous right. line. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I that's... like, why? But, it's just, but or that's what are you exact... rebelling about? Or, like, what do you have? Or something like that. Yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. But that's exactly what, like, these bikers... Like, these bikers, again, were, like, an image of a biker that you would have if you didn't know the bikers at the time. You know? Like, same yeah, thing with, like... like it, this, but, again, it's, like, a 50s thing, like, right? I mean, I don't remember too many bikers in the 80s that would have... 
you know, if I'm thinking about an 80s biker, I'll tell you what I'm thinking about. It. I'm th first of all, I'm thinking of 80s biker. I'm thinking about, yeah, Harley, obviously. But also, I'm thinking more of, like, a jean jacket, like, ripped-off jean jacket or maybe, let like, and a big dude, right? Like, right. beard. Like, that wasn't that wasn't what these guys were looking like. No, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's, like, this, again, like, we, if we think back to to that kind of, like, movie biker of the 50s, like, that's what yeah. we're getting. And and it's just we it's like kind of weird. The the yeah the the road the whole biker is thing really weird. Yeah, I did like I like the conversation between Agent Cooper and the sheriff. Like that was really good. Like, yeah, the again, whole banter like, back and forth. I mean, it was really great. Like interesting, um, engaging. I really liked it. Yeah. No, and that's because like again, like there's this 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 tension between them of like this is like something that's never happened and important. And this is something that's mundane and always happens. And yeah, we'll catch Like, don't worry about it. We'll get them. Yeah. You know, we don't, you Agent, know what I'm saying? Agent like, Cooper's like, yeah, I think you're going to, it's like, yeah, it looks like you're going to need more men. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's yeah. saying this even before, like any of this stuff happens. Like it's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Um, why'd they put the kids in jail? They're 17 in theory, unless the boys are all 18. But in theory, they're 17 because they're the same age no, as they're like they're all Laura. supposed to be in high school. They're all sp supposed to be right. like seniors. So you just go to jail? Like, I don't understand that. I mean... She gets thrown in jail? I think the jail thing is just so they keep barking at each... Like, growling or barking or whatever. And why... Like, and what's-his-face is so scared. Like, he's so... Like, that's what I didn't... I didn't really like that aspect of... Well, he's not scared. Like the, the bike... The, uh, what's... Uh, Jay... Jay... Is it Jay? Jay... Jake, yeah, Jay. It starts Jake with Jay because that was part of the yeah. whole. Was Jay, but um, James. Is it James? James, 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 James. Yeah. Um, I mean, he doesn't have an alibi. He doesn't. He thinks that uh, the 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 locket is. They're looking for the locket because the yeah. locket represents who killed her, uh, her, and so he he has the locket. So he's he's all. I think he. I think he can be worried. I don't know why he's worried about those two guys in the, the other cell. You know what I'm saying? Like, weird. I don't know. Like, maybe you, this, like, maybe that relationship like a, like happens like further in the the thing. But I don't know why there's such just like the bike like I, bikers and like these guys, these football I players. I, I, I didn't even know if that. I don't even know if James is in high school or not. I can't tell. Like, I can never is. tell. He's in the classroom. He is. Okay. Okay. James was in the classroom with Donna and Oh that's right when thing yeah they were yes when they announced it and there and he snaps his pencil you know yeah 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 whatever but um does Palmer's so I have Palmer's Palmer's mom sees things I have that written down I don't know I don't want to say I she, she, I don't I can't remember how that ends but I'm just saying, I, I, I wrote down something. But Palmer's, oh, did she? She hugging and she saw a dude. Yes. Or something. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's that. She sees a guy like in a jean. At like the end, it was like long ah! hair. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Right. And yeah. That, I mean, like that's a great way. Like, what a great, what a great ending. He pops up at the very end. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't remember if he popped up then or. or Again, not. it's like it's a great way to end it, but it's also like you know. What like what could possibly happen next? You know, like right. You know, it's uh, it's really good. So I, I mean, I, I thought that was all. I thought it was all good. 
I'm into it. And it reminded me, um, which of course it did, um, but that game that we that we played a, a few years ago, um, the Monkey Island type game, Thimble, Thimbleweed oh, Park or something. Thimble, yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, really? You thought it's just because the weird characters? No, well, I, the music and the attitude and the, like the. Yeah. I think it was. Uh, I think they were referenced like. Um, I think they referenced it too because they had like a you know detective or whatever you're supposed to. But I'm into the vibe weird. of it. Like at first, I was like, "What is going?" On? But I'm not like totally into the vibe of the whole thing. It took a while. That's what I'm saying. Like, at, like I was told when that music was playing, I was like, "I can't get into the music. Like, I can't understand what this." And then suddenly, it's like, "Okay, I'm, I'm in." Like, there's, I'm just, I'm into the world. Even, like, even just, like Cooper, if FBI Cooper or whatever is his yeah. name is, right? At first, I was Agent like, Cooper. "Agent Cooper." It's like uh, I'm not, I don't know about this guy. But now I'm like. And by the end of it, I was like, yeah, of course. Like, yeah. it took me an hour and a half to get there, but I got there, I think. So. Yeah, well, it's so so I'm excited to watch the for you to watch the next one. I'm going to go watch the next one as well so we can talk about it okay. more in depth. Like, you were really leading the conversation this one. That's fine uh, because I couldn't. I remembered a lot of it. I will say this from a non-film perspective. When I was watching it, it drew me in enough to be like i need to see the conclusion of this right but again i am watching the like honestly like i'm still got my my hat on saying i want to find out i want to know who did it that's what i'm just trying to figure out who killed laura palmer that's like a question i really want to know the answer to but this it those... sets everything up. It's so we- it's there's so many weird, mysterious things happening. It's like, who is this person? But I thought you were the one who was just like, I just want to be entertained. Like, sit back and be entertained. I know, but you can't be entertained with this movie because it's so uh, jarring a lot of times. But that's I think that again, that's like my that would be my argument of like, yeah, but you can be like, so that's that's why like you can put as much into this as you want. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what's setting yeah, it up yeah, to be yeah, like, yeah. if you if you just want to be entertained, you can just watch the film. If you want to yeah. like go deeper and try to like think about like what the heck's happening here, like be my guest. I don't yeah. know if David, I don't know if David Lynch is saying that, but if 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 Brunel or like Brunel or, or or Dolly were making this film, they'd be like, be my guest, like go go for it. I, I can like this the sense that I get. I I don't want to say too much, but I, I will say this: the sense that I get is that. I'm not sure David Lynch cares who killed Laura Palmer. Yeah. Like, that's not what he's trying. Like, I don't think that's what he cares about when he's right. making this. I mean, it wasn't just him. It was who else? It was it was him and. He had uh, a uh, gosh, writer friend. I don't know. I don't know what it is. The, the, the other guy who developed it, I should know. Uh, oh, man, I don't even know. I feel bad because I, I should really credit this person, too, because I think it was Mark Frost. Okay. Like I, Mark Frost and David Lynch, they did it together, and you will see that um, as you start looking at it. I think Mark Frost wrote and directed, I think, more than David Lynch did. I see. Not to say that there's obviously no influences, but I think there is. Well, it I seems to be, be like a, a a Dolly Brunwell kind of relationship yeah. here. Yeah. Where the person it's, it's who inter- gets the I, most fame ends up being like yeah. the guy who like and the. I don't yeah. know. I mean, Robert. I mean, what else did he do? He probably did a, lot, a ton of stuff. I'm not. Mark I'm not, Frost. Yeah, I'm sure he did stuff. Uh, I'm he probably sure did a whole bunch um, of other stuff. I don't know what he did. I'm sure he did some he, great stuff. He did Hill Street Blues. I mean, Hill Street Blues is uh, right. 
That's pretty big. Yeah. But that was before. Um, was it what? before? That was the 80s? Yeah, yeah. Street Blues was in the 80s, I believe. So what else did he do after? What did he do after? I don't think he... Oh, he did... Um, oh, I don't know. The List of Seven and the Six Messiahs? I don't know any of those. Okay. He's done a bunch of stuff, actually. I shouldn't say that. Yeah, those I'm sure his... he has. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not discrediting him. He was I mean, the co-writer to the Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. Yeah, I mean, Brunel was, he was good too. I mean, yeah, yeah, he ended up in Mexico, but he made some really great films. I'm not saying like anything, but what I'm saying is the name that we remember is David Lynch, right? The name that we remember is Salvador Dali. Yeah. Well, so I, I'm glad you're on this journey with me because uh, it gets a little, uh, it gets a little rough. Um, okay. It's a, it's a journey. And it it'll it's gonna take you, uh, it's gonna take you for a ride, man. Okay. I'm I will say this, and this is not to give anything away, but like I honestly, watching the first season, I was like, I cannot believe this is something in 1990 that was on the air. Like it's just really weird. So uh, right. we'll see. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. All right, so I guess that's the shotcast for this week. I'm Brady. I'm Brian. Hold fast. <laughs>